Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? What's going on is I'm glad to see you, my friend, because everybody thinks, wait a minute. You just saw him last week. That's right. <laughs> no, the podcast dropped last week. Well, we won't reveal all of our secret Fort Knox level blueprints. That's right. Some of these may get recorded in bunches. Uh, yes. And released sequentially. Yes. So it's good to see you. Yes. Nathan, it is. We've, uh, yeah, it's good to be back in here. Uh, you know, it's been uh, it's been a minute since we've has. been yep. recording, and yep. so uh, it is nice to get in. Uh, have our traditional uh, meal yes. before we record, and you know uh, we've talked about it so often on here that the the conversation that we have as we're eating, oh yeah, is almost podcast worthy in and of itself. It uh, is the things we that we get into. We might have to do a little more editing on those. That's true because we know we're not being recorded. <laughs> so um, uh, you can let your hair down, and I can let my gut down. I'm trying to think: can I be metaphorical about my hair? But yeah, it's it's good. And often, dude, when we're having those conversations, it's just really good. We had an um, elders meeting last night, and uh, we had a really good conversation about actually things that will intersect with the podcast. Nice. But I thought, oh, if Nathan was here and had the mic out, you'd probably be thinking, this is a good discussion. Yeah. It was just really provocative in terms of forcing you to think about things you don't normally do. Uh, a lot of the guys had just some great probing questions, insights, and uh, I thought, I even said at one point, I said, you know what, I wish I had a mic. Yeah. We could throw this <laughs> in the podcast. And, you know, in some ways, dude, every podcast we're trying to catch lightning in a bottle, right? Yes. You just yeah. hope that, um, because normally it's the organic thing. Yeah. It's, it's what we always say when you have one of those spontaneous days with a group of friends. Yes. And then you try to repeat that exact same event a year later. It never, <laughs> never measures up. Never works. It, it yeah. just, I don't know what you might, same places, food, cast of characters. You could wear the same clothing. Yeah. But something about it. Yeah. You know, happens. So I always just say we put ourselves in the best possible position. That's right. To talk about things that will be helpful stimulating interesting yeah well I mean, it's like it's like a movie you didn't expect to be anything right yes i mean those sometimes are the best movies that you could see because you had no expectation going in yes and and so you get there and all of a sudden it's like oh my word this this has to be one of the best movies i ever saw yeah. in reality it's an average movie but your expectation of it was just uh, lowered and so because it's of true. that it it was that much better are, are you like me with this nathan i hate sometimes when there's so much hype going into a movie oh yeah i'm like oh man it, yeah i can't live up to it it's it's like i always say, it's preaching on easter yes um it's just hard it's crushing for pastors because you can't you really can't match the anticipation and i've just been comforted in recent years to say just proclaim truth yeah about 
what Jesus did because yeah. you're, you're, there's no construction, there's right. no creative angle. Oh, wow, that was right. an Easter sermon. It, there isn't. Right. So you just say it. But, yes, I do think you're exactly right. There is a sense in which um, I'd say I've seen it happen in our conversations through the years, Nathan, with each other or guests, where we talk about something we didn't plan on talking yeah. about. Because, you know, Nathan, I'm glad you said that. Or I'm glad you said that. And we go off on some tangent. Yeah. And our listeners through the years have said, oh, I really liked when you talked about such and such. It's good. We we knew we were doing that when you did. Right. Right? I mean, that's really true. <laughs> it is. And, and that's the thing that excites me about this is because we have an idea going in. I mean, we, we have from month to month, we generally know what we're going to yep, do. Yep, we have a general theme. And then every week... Again, usually through our, our pre-meal conversation, uh, we know what we're going to do. We sure. come in, okay, this is this is what we're going to be talking on, and this is kind of the thread that we're going to take. And how many times do we just yeah. not? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where, again, like you, you were saying, the conversation that we have just develops organically yeah. into something else. Yes, um, and it, and it's really neat to see where it goes and how it develops. And, oh, and yeah. so, yeah, from from the listener perspective, that's what we get every week because yeah. we never know. Sometimes we do stick fairly closely to yeah. what we're going to say, and, and, it, and it's great and wonderful. I mean, the the resurrection, right? We right. we knew what we were going to do. Oh, yeah. And we stayed fairly close to what we wanted to do with that. That's a topic, dude. Uh I don't want to make stuff up as we go yeah. along, right? Like it's like if it's the very foundation, <laughs> right, of uh, Christians' faith yes. for somebody considering it from the outside, yes. who's not sure that even they believe it. Somebody that's deeply committed to it, you you, you want to get that one right. Yes. Now we're talking about movies, dude. We'll riff till the cows come. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? Well, and even a topic like what we're going to talk about today. I agree. Which, a little more. Yeah. A little more fluid. Yeah, and so we've we've been in May. We've been in this um, section discussion that we've been talking about. What's God's heart? What's God's will? Right. And our and our first one was looking at a, a broader perspective of thinking, thinking missionally about the lost, and that was kind of an introduction. We are going to get more in depth next week yeah. with our guest, but that was kind of the the tip of the iceberg. Looking at the unbeliever, regardless of where you're at, yeah, as the mission field, and it doesn't matter if uh, I, I were to, you know, just up and and leave and head to China, or if I'm going into downtown Baltimore, yeah. or if I'm sitting in a, a, a political rally, yeah. the unbeliever that's in my midst, I need to be mindful of where they're at um, with God. I yep. need to be mindful of where they're at biblically, spiritually, and and understand that I need to adjust some things in order to reach them for the gospel, which is exactly what Paul does on Mars Hill, right? Yep. He doesn't go in looking at all these idols and say, you bunch of idiots. I right. mean, don't you know that these are all fake and there's only one? No, he takes a look at it. He takes time to observe their culture. And then he comes to this and he says, you know what? I got my in. Yeah. There's this unknown idol here, this unknown God that they have. Well, I know this God, and I'm going to tell them about this God that I know. Yeah, I love that, dude. I mean, that's one of my favorites. It's just so instructive Yeah, for how to engage people, with no, which to me is very, in our organic, uh, yeah. you know, subs 
dinner conversation, we were talking about this very topic. Yeah. But how uh, how our current culture approximates first century culture yes. in striking ways. Um, for a long time, the West, Western civilization, right. uh, we wanted to say even the U.S. to centralize it for our own experience, um, did have sown within it many Christian allusions, scriptural concepts that aren't really there anymore. And they're really not. I told, I don't have to repeat the whole story, but my son just had a, a college experience at university of Maryland. I was telling you and Matt about at dinner that really was eye opening. 2023 bright educated students, you know, Maryland's a good school and uh, a lot of these students I'm sure are working very hard on their pre-med or law or uh, you know, economics, uh, whatever they're studying. Yeah. And um, there was a pretty simple biblical concept that came up in the class that nobody knew. Yeah. Um, and it's not an intelligence issue. It's right. a, it's just not there. So Paul goes into a world like that. Yes. They don't know anything about Moses, David, Israel's history. Yeah. Israel's worship practices. Nothing. Yeah. And it's just fascinating. How does he choose in that particular culture to introduce the gospel? Yeah. And I love thinking about those things today. Yeah. You know, what what touch points? Uh, you can't just rely, well, you guys know when uh, the law that Israel, who? Law, right, what are you right. talking about? Like, oh, well, I, okay. Um, I, I got to think about a way to introduce this. Yes. I can't depend upon the old the old pillow, the old right. shoe that feels right. so comfortable, right? Right. So, no, and that's and that's good. And last week we were we were forced to consider as believers, what do we do with the unbeliever that's in our midst? Yeah. So, what do you do when an unbeliever comes into your church? How do you how do you respond to that? How do you act with that? Um. And I'm not going to rehash all that. Go and listen to the podcast. Yeah, I enjoyed that conversation. Um, and and yeah, I, I, you know, I think it was good because I think it it forced us to look at scripture and and say, you know what, Paul tells us that we need to consider this, and so we should. Right. And so while yes, church is predominantly for the believer, the expectation is that there are going to be unbelievers in the midst, and Absolutely. you need to take that into account. Yeah. Uh, with with some of the things that you you say or do, yeah, um, and and Paul talks about that within the context of things that you do, yeah. It's not just what you say, and and I think uh, you know one of the things that I liked about that was we weren't talking about compromising the message, we weren't talking about compromising the gospel, but we were talking about yeah, maybe we need to take a little bit more time and explain a few things. I, I always tell uh, a little anecdote. You've probably heard me mention here, Nathan, to illustrate it. When um, Lisa and I started dating, Lisa was not part of my friend group that yeah. Matt and so many other you know, friends that I've named through the years were in. There are times there were anywhere between 8 to 12, 13 of us. It was quite a group. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of history together, yeah. probably from our mid-teen years to into our early 20s. You, you build a lot of life experience together. And then Lisa comes into that as my girlfriend then right. fiance and she will tell you she goes boy greg it i mean some strong cups of tea in there yeah. including me some strong personalities and 
for whatever reason, we loved, like a lot of friends do, revisiting funny stories. Yeah. Remember when? Did you do this, et cetera? So if you just think about that, um, to be mindful of how the outside person experiences that yeah. is just, one, it's a form of love. Right. Or if that's too mushy-gushy for people, it's just basic human courtesy. Yeah. You're mindful that, oh, they don't know where to go, what to, th- what to do. They don't know all these stories, these little shorthand phrases. So Donna was a mutual friend uh, who had been with us. And I don't know, she just so naturally kind of took, the, oh, Lisa, these, these goofballs, the, let me tell you what they're doing. The reason they're saying this about Greg is because blah, 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 blah. And she basically interpreted yeah. for the noob, yeah. you know, why we were idiots and, uh, you know, uh, and what our little shorthand was about. That's just, and Lisa has always said, boy, it was so helpful, Greg, because she goes, it was times I'm like, oh, my goodness, I feel like a real outsider here. Like, you almost feel like the fifth wheel, awkward. Right. And no, who wants to feel like that? Right. You know, I mean, it's, um, it's kind, it would be me, dude, going to uh, a meeting with, like, ten car aficionados. Sure. I'll do my best. The one or two things I know about cars, like they have wheels right. and horns and gas tanks. <laughs> I ain't got much after that. Uh, so, you know, you just always being mindful. Hey, are we excluding yeah. people? That has nothing about to, to do with compromise. Yeah. We're not going to stop talking about the subject matter. Right. But we're mindful that they don't get the subject matter. Right. And you're building bridges. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of a recap of last week. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Uh, this week, we're, we're we're taking a little bit of a detour, but we're, we're going to tie it in. And yeah, so, oh, it know, ties gonna, in, I think. We're going to ask people to hang with us. Um, we we had a question back when we did our Q&A about the Holy Spirit, and this yeah. didn't specifically uh, come in with the Holy Spirit, and, and I'll you know get to the question in just a minute. Um, but you and I were talking then that this is a good this would be a good place to put that and to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and and so, uh, dear listener, uh, wrote in and was, you know, just saying um, that uh, this person, uh, I'll be very vague, mm-hmm. um, has the opposite of seasonal affect disorder. So yes. not not what you would think. So so this person is more comfortable during the winter months. Yeah. And that's when this person thrives and, and actually comes alive. But the depression sits in more during the summertime. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people are going, huh? Yeah. I can't process that. Um, I can sympathize with that because growing up up north, and actually this person was from the north. Interesting. Um, uh, I kind of feel the same way sometimes. Yeah. Um, that, I, you know, you and I talk, I'm not a fan of these uh, mid-east winters. Yes. But I'm not a fan because it's rainy. Yes. Uh, northern winters cold yeah cold snowy snow. yeah there's there is a beauty you know people talk about just the depression when it gets dark and all of that there is a beauty to when it gets dark when yeah. it is cold and there's snow on the ground i mean I, I remember so many winters you know you just you see the sun begin to set and it's this clear crisp night and you see the first vestiges of the stars coming out, and those just get more and more in the colors as it's yeah. the sun is setting, and you have that that you know white um, layer of snow just across the ground. 
Uh, maybe it was a little warmer that day, and so now it's getting cold and it's refreezing. So you get the shimmer of ice yeah. that goes across. There's just there's such a beauty to it, and and I'm talking like yeah, four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. It's getting dark, right? But there's a beauty to it, and it's something that I never I never quite got over coming down here yeah. and, and seeing. And it's like, eh. It's interesting, Nathan. I love how you describe. You did that very poetically. Thank you. By the way. No, I'm impressed. I'm like, oh, look at you, dude. You were dropping some terms, <laughs> dude. You used the word vestiges. <laughs> I love that, man. I'm like, keep going, dude. I feel like I'm having a fireside moment. You're making me like winter. But in all seriousness, Nathan, I, I've wondered before because you know I tease Lisa about that. Yeah. She she. Always oh, says, "Oh, you're so tough on winter." I like winter. I said, "You don't like winter, Lisa. Not the winter we have. You like yes. the winter in your mind, which is probably a little more yes. like what you grew up with, dude. Because let's be honest, the Mid Atlantic. For me, I sometimes wonder if it's that simple. I just think of post Christmas to about this time of year, yeah. a little before, I guess, late March, early April, as uh, gray. Yeah, and gray yeah. is just blah. Yeah, gray is like milk toast lukewarm flavorless oatmeal yeah and it's just miserable but regardless dude there are some people i've read a lot about this too that have the we think of the seasonal as classic like my post christmas everything i just said i've talked to some people uh whether they would call it reverse seasonal affective disorder but say summer's hard sometimes you're dealing with something there, the contrast between your inner despondency yeah, and the constant reminder, oh, it's bright and sunny and everybody's going to the beach and everybody's doing a picnic and everybody's doing some Sunday afternoon cookout kind of festive. And when you're not feeling that, you're feeling the opposite inside. Yeah. It's almost easier, I can see it, to be in the way everybody's in, and you can find your almost inner rhythm, yeah. your inner uh, just day-to-day pattern of, hey, I know how to get through this. I know how to get by. Yeah. And you, you curl up with a book or coffee or tea or something. Summer, Summer's hard. Let me relate it to this. When I've talked to people that are going through a dissolution of a marriage, sure. separation or divorce, sure. I've had several people tell me this even recently that, yeah, they don't look forward to any holidays. Yeah. And I get it. Because holidays are supposed to be harmonious relationships. Right. You know, chestnuts roasting by an you know, a open fire right. and you season's just, greeting. Yes. Happy holidays. Happy holiday. Or even the fourth of July, yeah. right? Everybody's all oh, we're having a yeah. great time and cookout dogs and burgers oh, on the yeah. grill and yeah. So I think summer, I think those times of festivity and carefree for many people almost uh, highlight this inner despair that they don't quite, which might be easier to deal with in the winter. So to me, the real issue, dude, is the broader issue is um, when we're asking what God cares about, you know, et cetera, whether that's classic seasonal or the question from our listener right about reverse seasonal we're dealing with the same thing and that's just a level of discontentment yeah um an understandable level one thing dude i'll say and i wasn't here's my wasn't planning to say this yeah i am 
always leery of a, for lack of better words, soft health, wealth, prosperity gospel. Yeah. Most Jesus followers in a evangelical church like ours, or, or so many that probably listen, I think would have their antenna up if somebody says some over-the-top nonsense, you know, which, you know, most people I think know, okay, this is bogus. Uh, hey, if you put your trust in Jesus, you know, your bank account's going to be fat, your your waistline's going to be thin, right. your, your, your job's going to be golden, you're going to get promotions, um, you're going to get Cadillacs, you, you're going to get whatever you want. Most, I think, Christians say, no, that, that's not true. Yeah. But I think there is a more insidious format, which is believing that the gospel promises that deliverance yes. from whatever it may be is guaranteed to come in this lifetime. Yeah. And I say this carefully because I think if somebody's really banking on that, I could be pulling the rug out from under their feet, hurting them. But what I'm actually trying to do is is help them yeah. in in a more long-term marathon way as opposed to a sprint that the gospel still means something yeah. if your cancer doesn't get healed. Right. The gospel still means something if, God forbid, your child passes away. Yeah. The gospel still means something if you have same-sex desire and you've been praying yeah. that the Lord would take that away. And he doesn't. Yeah. So I think what we're getting at here is, does the gospel promise in this lifetime? So what a soft health, wealth, prosperity, we do suffer, but but the good stuff is coming. Yeah. The good stuff. Where's that? Right. The good stuff is coming ultimately. Right. And I think what's tricky is sometimes, yes, yeah. it may come into our lifetime, but we're not promised nor guaranteed it. Yeah. Right, because we know, dude, we've prayed for too many people. Oh yeah, and they've still died. Yeah, and I praise God, I've prayed for some people, and they they've been healed. Yes, and they're and that's wonderful. Yes, but we need a a theology that encompasses both. Right, and what I fear is, say, somebody dealing with a seasonal depressive thing is, yeah, maybe the Lord will take this away someday. He may. Yeah, but I will say. He may not. Yeah. And if he doesn't, that's okay. The gospel still means something. Yeah. The fact that Jesus is going to be with you in those endless summers yep. or winters yeah. where you're dealing with this, that means something in and of itself. Yeah. Otherwise, what happens, dude? It's, well, he's not taking it away. And normally people conclude one of two things. I'm bad or God's bad. Right. I'm bad, something's wrong with me, something's wrong with God. Yeah. And the the biblical answer is no, this is this is there's something wrong with the world. Right. And we're promised ultimate deliverance on the other side. Right. So it will not be forever. Yep. And sometimes it creeps into the here and now. Yeah. But that's where it gets tricky is when people try to formulize that. Yeah. I'm talking too much. Dude. No, I mean that's, Weigh in and that's guide me. oh man, that's that's fantastic. I mean, right? Isn't this what Paul talks about, right? You look at everything that Paul went through on his missionary journeys. I mean, shipwrecked, bitten by poisonous spiders, yeah. sick, left for dead. I mean, all these things that he goes through. 
and we get this glimmer in scripture where where he's got a thorn in his side. We don't we don't know what it is, and and I'm so thankful we don't. Me too, because I I think that's intentional. I do too. Put whatever you want as Paul's thorn in his side. It's a fill in the blank. Same sex attraction. Yep. Uh, disease. Yeah. You know, some Lust. people think, yeah, the uh, blindness, pride. right? Maybe right. he didn't recover his full sight yeah. from from being struck. Um, you know, in seeing Christ, like you put whatever you want in there. And, and we're told he, this is Paul, the apostle Paul prays three times for deliverance and his answer from heaven, from God is my grace is sufficient for you. Right? No, I'm not taking it away because my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. I am made strong. Yep. Yep. And that is God's answer from heaven to Paul. And so why, why would we think that we are going to be any less, right? Because Paul is essentially the one that is used uh, in the New Testament to deliver ter- church doctrine. Right. More epistles written by Paul than anyone else to show us uh, what it is, that how we should be living as believers and how this church should be living and how the church should be treating one another, how the church should be treating the outsider. We get this directly from Paul. And so, man, that that's solid teaching right there that yeah. that's the gospel that you know what right now you're not going to be delivered from this because guess what in your weakness yeah christ is made strong the yes. gospel is made strong and the gospel is what prevails i love it dude and that's paul yeah who i most of us would say his prayer life is probably a little more robust right <laughs> Than ours, who who right? wants to say they have more faith and a better prayer life than yeah, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I, I've never met somebody that's going to say it, right? Or probably even approach thinking about it. And it's fascinating that he begged, it wasn't taken away, and but he he still says. It's what we talked about with Jesus in the garden. Yeah. You know, that wasn't going to be taken away. This was the path of suffering that he had to walk. Yeah. Or, dude, uh, I've rarely heard, I've never read a devotion on it that I know of, but 2 Timothy 4.20, you don't have to know what I love. This. You don't have to know who the people are or where, what the places are. Yeah. Because it's two people, two places. Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Don't have to be a Bible scholar. You could look at a map where Miletus <laughs> is. You could look up Erastus, find out everything. You could look up Trophimus. You won't find much. Yeah. Um, but it's enough. What? Paul left Trophimus sick in Miletus or Philadelphia or Baltimore or Madrid? What are you talking about? He left him sick. Wasn't healed. Paul did not stay. I'm not leaving until he's healed. I'm not even going to move because those aren't the promises. Right. The promises is that whoever... Uh, comes to Christ, in no way will he cast out. Mm. That's a promise of the gospel. Yes. So Paul knew that's a guaranteed promise. Whoever, yeah. whoever will come near, Christ will not cast out. So he brings the gospel to people yep. to invite them near to Jesus, that they might come and be received. And that's the work. Yeah. That's the joy. And when people have him, um, and this is why we talked about this, dude. I, I, I'll be careful. Yeah, Matt and I are currently in a conversation, and I'm, it's been really good. We're, we're trying to have this, so sure. when he's on, sometime, um, maybe we can talk about this some more. 
I'm always a little cautious about certain songs. Sure. That may suggest our problems will be taken away. Yeah. I I I understand because you can appeal to some psalms, and I think that's legitimate. Obviously, yeah. it's scripture. Um. I I, I just want to be mindful for those people that their thorn, as you referenced, Nathan, isn't being taken away. Yeah. Maybe our listeners' seasonal or reverse seasonal affective yeah. disorder is not taken away. I'm gonna, of course, I'd want it taken away. Right. I trust people want, would want mine taken away. Lisa, chief among them, so I stopped complaining about <laughs> January, February, and March. Um, but I want to be mindful of those dear people if they're if it's not taken away, because sometimes. We, we have to be careful if our songs, our prayers, our preaching suggest if we just have enough faith. Yeah. And I would say the promise of the gospel is he may, he may not take it away. That's not the relevant point. Right. The relevant point is he is with you. Yes. He is with you in your seasonal affective. Yeah. He's with you when you don't have it. Yeah. If he takes it away. That and the, the goal is, hey, my, my seasonal affective is gone. No, the, the ultimate thing is, no, but he's with you. Yeah. Because if you had it, he's with you. The one who is for you. Yeah. The one who's forgiven your sins, who's given you a new identity, who calls you his son or daughter. That's the gospel. Yeah. Right? And there is such a temptation for the church to get caught up in temporary deliverance. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, you got the extreme cases. You know, sure. the miracle crusades. Although, you and I have said, Nathan, I, I seriously would love to see... Why does a faith healer never go into children's hospital? Right. I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, love to see it. You always have to go to their event. You have to attend their thing, right. buy into their vernacular, yep. their parlance, and who knows. Right. Just never seems to go to right. the people in need. I don't see them going to a burn unit. Yeah. Um, you know, down in Union Memorial Hospital or something. And right. Clearing out those patients as they walk out with miraculously healed right. skin uh so I, I can get irate about this stuff yeah oh yeah because it can it can make jesus a peddler of goods yes rather than the ultimate good himself yeah. well and and you look at christ's ministry right and christ does a lot of miracles i mm -hmm. mean we we lay those out but if you if you were to take those and you were to extrapolate those over the three years yes of his of his ministry and what he does 365 times three. Yeah. that That's actually not as many as you might think. He's oh. not performing miracles on a daily basis for people. Right. You know, we, we, we get highlights of his ministry because the point is not the things that Jesus does. It's his resume and who he is. And so we get the glimpses and we get the highlights to show this is the son of God. This is the one who has control yes. over all these things. Um, but but we tend to focus and, and we tend to blow this up, right? It's it's kind of like if you were to look at the entire Bible and, and the the spectacular miracles that are going on, right? The, the raising of the dead, the healing of the sick and all those yeah. things. Like you look at the grand scheme of... You know, let's let's be generous and say what eight thousand years, right? I I mean, that's actually a lot of time where where there's not a whole lot going on throughout 
all of that time. And I'm not saying yeah. that what's going on isn't spectacular, right. but that's not the point. The point isn't the spectacular. The point is, well, actually, the point is that there's something spectacular going on. It's it's God able to take the dead and bring them back to life. Right. That's the point that yeah. he turns he turns dead men into live men. He takes the heart of stone and turns it into a heart of flesh. Yeah. That's the miracle. And all of the other spectacular things that we see, the parting of the Red Sea, the raising of the dead, the casting out of the demons, those are to show the validity of the God that we serve. Well said, Nathan. I think it may have been many moons ago on this podcast or in some context or another, we've talked about the two. I I think you can make a pretty good case. The heightened level of miraculous activity yeah. are very thin bands yes. on the timeline. Yeah, I don't mean. I mean, the, the it's God doing incredible things, um, and they always tend to correspond with a major shift. Yeah, in the history of redemption. Yeah, I mean, you've got a lot of miracles happening right when God takes His people out of Egypt. Yeah, um, the ten plagues in Egypt, right? Yeah. The Nile turning to blood. The the, the Sun uh, uh, going dark, yeah. Um, yeah, the frogs, the, the 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 miraculous, the parting of the sea itself, like yeah. you just said. There's really after that, the, the next major time is when the monarchy is established, yeah. which is a major pivot in the history of redemption. When there's a, a, a king, uh, and then the nation divides, and you've got multiple kings, right? And you've got the rise of the prophets. And even that within there, there's right. a band, largely Elijah and Elisha. Yeah. And then you've got what I call the gospel acts hinge. Yes. Which is Jesus and the message of the gospel. Yeah. Clearly announced to the world. Um, but you're right. There's a lot of gaps in there where there's not this. Because I do think, because when I was first a young, uh, young Christian, Nathan, I thought, well, I guess miracles were happening all the time. Right. Because, you know, you don't know. You don't think about a timeline or anything. Sure. Jesus actually comments on this in Luke 4. And when you were talking, Nathan, I went to it. In Luke 4, Jesus says, But in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah. Well, that's one of the bands right. of miraculous activity. But he's saying even within that period of time, there were many widows in, the, in, in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up three years and six months when there was a famine, there was a drought yep. and a great famine came all over the world. And Elijah was sent to none of them, yeah, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elijah and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian, yeah, non-Jew, Gentile outside of the kingdom. Look at the response. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. They did not like Jesus saying that. Yeah. And they rose up and drove him out of town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. Yeah. So that's striking. Yeah. Jesus' commentary on miraculous activity in the Old Testament didn't happen much. Yeah. And he's saying the point is, for one, I think there's there's a powerful point that th just by virtue of being God's chosen people, the nation yes. of Israel, did not guarantee access to yeah. the miraculous. So there, and that's a, and he's highlighting the Gentile uh, inclusion. Yes, 
of, of, of people outside of Israel into God's people. But that, that other thing is there too. Yes. Like you said, there were not miracles left and right happening. We read yeah. about them. Oh, this is spectacular. What right. happens with Naaman, the, uh, you know, Syrian and, and, uh, you know, uh, the widow at Zarephath. Oh my goodness. But they're very small. Yes. Sample sizes in a much larger picture. So that, I say that to build people's hope. Yeah. Like, hey, you don't, oh, I've never had one of those experiences. Good. Yeah. You don't need to. <laughs> right. You you know what supernatural experience we've had? If you've come to faith in Christ, you went from death to life. Yeah. You were spiritually dead, Ephesians 2. Yeah. And could not save yourself. Right. And now you love God. Yeah. You have an interest in pleasing him. Where did that come from? Right. Obviously, the Holy Spirit, as we yeah. talked about for a full month. Um, well, look at Noah. I mean, the supernatural experience he got was build an ark so you don't get washed away in the flood. Yeah. I mean, that that's literally God comes to him and says, build an ark yeah. so you do not get washed away in the flood. Yeah. And, and that's his supernatural experience is, I am saving you. Right. Right. I it's mean, true. and that's, that is redemption right yeah. there. That is, that is the course of human history where God says, I am saving my people. Yes. So, dude, you take all this stuff and you think for the person, like our listeners reaching out about depression, and you know, dude, I'm right there. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there. And I would say I have no issue. I have prayed that my depression would lift. I have prayed sometimes a little more modestly that my depression would just coexist with my functionality. Yeah. So I can get some important things done and love my wife and raise my children and pastor the church. Um, and sometimes I've prayed, can I just get by this day yeah. and worry about it tomorrow? And sometimes, Nathan, I say, I don't even know how to pray. Yeah. So where does the gospel speak on all those points on the spectrum? Just to preach this truth to myself, and yeah. I would offer it to anybody. <sighs> I'm loved by God. Yeah. I'm his son on every one of those points. I much more enjoy the good days. Right. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be a, a liar about that. I, I'd much, the good days, the fog is not as thick. Uh, it's lifted. I'm not as just locked into myself. Yeah. But it's still such wonderful news Yeah. when it's not. And uh, I always say, yeah, of course pray that your darkness would lift. Yeah. Knowing it might not. It might not, yeah. And if it doesn't, that is okay. Yeah. That's the experience of God's people. Yes. And it's right there for us in the Psalms. Yep. You know, it's we see it all the time in the Psalms. Why? Where? Yep. How long? How much more? I can't take it, etc. Do you feel that? That is a normal experience in a fallen world. Yeah. Where we've got a promise of and again, dude, sometimes this the health, wealth, prosperity thing only works. Yeah. Uh, it only works. Uh, why is it in the antebellum South? We've talked about this before. Uh, slaves that worked in just deplorable conditions. There wasn't a lot of health, wealth, prosperity no, at that time. No, there was a lot of focus on heaven. Yes, because there was a recognition life is the lifespan yeah. was much shorter. It was hard and it was brutal and it was evil. It was yeah. just total total injustice. Um, it, it, it's almost like for the health, wealth, prosperity thing to work, or even a soft version, we have to live in a world with excellent health care. Yeah. Where we're likely, many of us are going to live into our 70s, 80s, maybe even sure. 90s, you know, yeah. and 
um, you got enough time and enough to even contemplate yeah. these things. Yeah. You know, I'm fascinated by that. Like, yeah, it, it has to work in that environment. Yep. Uh, it, it, because there's not many other environments it right. can work in. Look, most people, if you're just in, you know, the trenches in World War One, World War Two, yeah. Am I going to be alive in an hour? Right. In five minutes, in right. ten minutes, um, you're thinking about very different things. Hopefully, yeah. Ultimate things, and the gospel is ultimately about ultimate things. Yeah. Well, that I mean, that ties into what we talked about in week one, and I, I just got to say, I used tremendous restraint because I was going to crack a uh, crack a joke when you were when you were talking about praying for those things, and I was going to you you pray. Yeah. <laughs> We got to bring that in for that. I know, dude. Yeah. Uh, for all our listeners, uh, you know, take everything I say there with a grain of salt about prayer. Uh, you know, because yeah, scripture is very clear. We should pray. And I may or may not have told Matt and Nathan a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I don't even pray about that. I, I wanted the moment to sit, though, because yes. it was a poignant moment. Yes, so. no, I appreciate it, dude. I do. Uh, but, but no, it, it goes back to that, right? When we're talking about our, our prayers, right? What What is it we pray? And you, you gave that analogy, right, of the son who goes to his father for the keys. Yes. Right? And, and the first one, like, hey, Dad, you know, those are your keys, so I know they're my keys, and so I'm just going to take them and go. Name it and claim it. And then, you know, there's the second one that goes in, dad, those are your keys and you have every right to say no. And I trust whatever you say is going to be right and just and holy. And, I just pray thy will be done. Right. And, and, and the, the third one though is, is the right one, right? Yeah. This is the expectation that yes, this belongs to you. Yep. And so dad, will you, as your son, will you let me use this? Give it to me. Yeah. And he might. Yeah. And he might not. Right. And the acceptance of that going into it. Yes. I agree, dude, is everything. Because what you know, my father's good. Yes. yes. He's good. Yes. He's not a mean father. Yes. Whatever he does has a purpose. Piper tells a, uh, John Piper tells a great story about this when uh, one of his children was was very little and they wanted, they wanted a cookie or a cracker or something from the cabinet. And, yeah. you know, he, he goes to get them one. And he pulls out and he sees that it's it's actually, they've gone bad. It's uh, moldy. And, uh, you know, he knows that if he gives this to his child. I'd still eat it. The child's going to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. I broke his stride. <laughs> I mean, Greg, how there's, much there's... mold are we talking about? I mean, is it growing a colony of, like, alien life forms? Okay. It's just a little bit of thing I can brush off and still enjoy it. But keep going, dude. Oh, but, you know, he... <laughs> He says, you know, he he told his his uh, his child, no, I mean, and and the child just throws a fit, you know. And as his father, he's looking at this, and and that concept of your father only gives you good gifts yeah. comes to his mind. That sometimes, right, just in our ignorance, in our humanity, that's true. The things that we are asking for look us. good yep. and seem good, but ultimately can lead to our destruction. And, oh. And you know you think you think about that in the context of health, right? Yeah. How how could me asking and praying to be healed of something right lead to my destruction? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it it might not. But yeah. at the end of the day, if I had the answers to those questions, uh, I I'd be in God's seat, not here. Exactly, dude. You They're know? the classic above the pay grade questions, right. right? I don't know. Yeah. And I think. 
it's so helpful. I find it liberating to yeah. know. And here's what we do know. There is a day coming, no tears, no disease, yes. no cancer, no illness, no death, no divorce. No, it's done. Yes. Done. Never to enter again. So it's we're not trying to rob people of your ticket. Right. No, the joy is set. Yes. And it's really an attitudinal uh, attitudinal adjustment on really the blessings that come. Like, I think the more we live, dude, long, yeah, it's... The, the the good seasons are never permanent. We yeah. all know that. Why are marriage vows cast the way they are? Yes. Because there are good times and bad times. Yes. They're both going to come. Yeah. Well, and we are um, we are winding it down on time, but, I, you know, just uh, one more thing that I want to say real quick, Greg. You um, turned me on to a verse uh, years ago that I had never even, um, never even thought of, and more and more uh, it is just becoming a life verse of mine because it so uh, just so much demonstrates uh, who God is, the power that he has, uh, the inadequacies that I have, and the, the fact that I don't need to know everything and the fact that I can't even know everything. Mm. Uh, and that is Deuteronomy 29, 29. Oh, yeah. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. That you know what? There are things that God has revealed to us, and yeah. and we get full privilege and full knowledge to know and experience those things. But at the end of the day, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Yeah. There are things that God says, those are for me and me alone. Yeah. Right. I mean, and this is this is what Spurgeon says in regard to salvation. Right. That if if the elect had a stripe on their back, I just go and lift up the coattails and and preach to them. But God doesn't let me in on who 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 is going to be a believer and who's not going to be a believer. And so I preach to all men. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it's liberating to, to, to me. I there, there's times oh, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Yeah. Do I? One, could my pea brain even right. take it? It's, it would almost be, can you I've searched for the answer. This would be a good search for the answer my whole life. And then, dude, somebody hands it to me, and it's a complex Algebra 2 word problem. Oh, yeah. well, that's useless. Uh, it's right. the answer, but I'm not going to understand it. Right. Because um, my brain doesn't work like that. Well, you might say, well, here, there's a, a mathematician again, right? But uh, there's not going to be a divine answer. Yes that's going to be able to fit a yes. human mind. And again, that's why scripture tells us what we need to know right. for salvation. And the, the, that's, I do. Yeah, too. I can't remember who first brought that to me, that Deuteronomy 29, 29, it is a powerful verse yeah. because the, the, there are things that are revealed that belong to us. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for telling yeah. me about Jesus. Thank you for telling me about my sin and how, I need to turn from it yes. and trust in your son. And what a gift that he tells us these things that yes. are clear and we can understand. But then you start, un so I wonder what does this mean? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Right. He does. Right. And, you know, there's always the debate when we get to heaven, are we going to know it all? I kind of lean no. Right. Because I don't, some people I, almost insist, no, you, you're going to know it all. Almost insist that lack of knowledge is sin, which yeah. I disagree with. Well, you look at Jesus. I mean, he well, grew in exactly. knowledge and wisdom. I mean, and he was a perfect human. Yeah, 
but d you're right, learn things. Yeah. And there were things he didn't know. Yeah. That he's very clear. I don't know. My father knows. Yes. So, you know, and he's not cheating to dip into his deity to say, well, let me dip right. into you. No, uh, I'm not. So exactly. I, I tend to think that we get to heaven. That's a good point, dude. Uh, I'm going to dwell on that for a while. <laughs> Wish you hadn't said it because I, I want to take credit. <laughs> so uh, let me, uh, audience, as I was saying, I told Nathan That's right. recently. We're going to go back and edit this one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Nathan, remember what I told you earlier and then you posed like you said it to me that Jesus uh, did not... <laughs> Why do we have to record this? <laughs> Everybody knows. Seriously, dude, that was gold. Um, yeah, in, in some ways, that just really unlocks the thought of getting to heaven and having an eternity yes. to learn. Yes. And never necessarily fully knowing, right. but being in wonder about it. Right. Can and, we really out-know God yeah. even even in even our in perfection. perfect state? Yeah. Right. Could we ever I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Right. Uh, <laughs> I feel pretty safe yeah. saying that, you know. I, I put money on that yeah. one. That's I remember when I turned 33 of a million years ago or 20 years ago, and um, you know, telling um, Samantha, who was, was little at the time, she was about five, that yeah, Jesus lived 33 years, and it was strange. And uh, I remember uh, saying to Lisa, I said. I, Sometimes I get the impression that Jesus maybe has accomplished more in his 33 years than I have. And she says, yeah, that might be a fair assertion. You, know, you, you might want to give that some possible credence. Um, yeah, I love that, dude. Or like what we always say, if somebody tells a story and, and then this person came into my life who was the same person who talked to them, it's like, now, look, I, I don't want to be radical. I'm going to go out on a limb and say God might be something. Right. I don't want to be crazy. Right. But let's throw it out for let's a possibility. Let's throw it out there. So, yeah, no, that's dude, great, I, uh, I hope that this discussion, dude, the intention is not to rob people, but I'm telling you, false hope. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It, it is a it is a, a sense of you really hope. And, and I, you know what it reminds me of, dude, on a human level? Yeah. Throw this in real quick before we wrap up. Remember, like, when we, I mean, American Idol's still on. I haven't watched right, it. Although right. Smith, Matt tells me it's still good. Um, but those early years when the whole country was watching it, yeah, didn't you used to get mad at the parents because what they look oh, yeah. for are the kids who think they're good, yes, but anybody with uh ears, yeah, can tell that they are not. not. And you're thinking, who are the parents, yeah, that poured BS into their ears, yeah, forever? Why would you do that, yeah? And then they, they get here and they realize, no, I'm not apparently good. Yeah. I, the, the, my inner circle, told, oh, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good. And maybe they were caught up in, in a mass delusion. But I'm like, what help is that? Yeah. It's crushing. Yeah. Fine. No, but that's not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's not your, I remember Randy Jackson, that's just, yeah, singing just ain't your thing, dog. Right. Singing just ain't your thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'd love to be a great singer. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Ain't my thing. Ain't going to happen. It's not what God <laughs> wants me to do, apparently. That's right. And so, but there's a joy in that. Yes. Okay, yeah. that hope is gone. Yeah. But, but there's a better hope. Right. Right, so. No, that's good. That's good. Well, my friend, we're wrapping up now. It's fun. So until the next time, we just rock the Casper. Yes, sir. Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. 
And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.